Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Bo Templin Show. It is Wednesday, June 17th, about 3.30 out here in San Diego, California. Um, short episode this week, just going to run by a quick few thoughts. Should be only about 7 to 10 minutes, but uh, let's get into it. So pretty dull card this last weekend, UFC Fight Night on ESPN or whatever it was. But the uh, main event I actually thought came out pretty good. So Cynthia Calvillo takes on Jessica I. Jessica I is the number one contender at 125 pounds. She lost to Valentina Shevchenko, one of the best fighters in the world, and bounced back, had a good win, and then takes on Cynthia Calvillo uh, this last Saturday. So Calvillo comes up from 115 pounds to take on the number one contender at 125 pounds. And this is a five-round fight. Usually when fighters struggle to make weight, they have a hard time with these five rounds. They, they drain so much out of their body in the previous few days that they just can't bring it on fight night. So Calvillo said, screw the weight cut. We're going to 125. We'll take on the toughest opponent we can find. And that's what she did. She looked amazing. She's a legit new 125 contender. Do I think she beats Valentina Shevchenko? No. But I think it adds depth to the division, and I think that's a good thing. Calvillo's this amazing grappler, like one of the best grapplers in all of probably the 115 and 125 division. She just started training at American Kickboxing Academy, a.k.a., which is where Daniel Cormier trains. That's where... Habib Nurmagomedov trains. This is where the best grapplers in the world go to round out the rest of their game while staying focused on what got them to the UFC. On this card, kind of interesting, there were like three, four, maybe five uh, fighters who missed weight. And that is a really high number. Now I wonder, and I think this is a fair suspicion, that with people being at home, their diets are different, they're not in their training gym every day, I wonder if this was a setback for a lot of fighters. Even Jessica I missed weight by 0.25 pounds. If this is a title fight, she's ineligible to win the title. So, you know, with this bizarre world that we live in, could we see more fighters just say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about the weight cut. We'll go up a division. We'll have more energy, more strength. And that's, that's what Calvillo did, and it worked really well for her. Curious to see if anyone else does it. The other thing that I want to talk about with the recent couple of UFC events is the size of the cage. Now, some people have noticed it. Some people have not. The cage that is being used right now at the UFC Apex is much smaller than the standard UFC octagon used last year and, and this year leading up to quarantine. That difference may go unnoticed by some people. But it is giving, in my opinion, a huge advantage to certain fighters. So even this last weekend, we see three first-round finishes in the opening three fights. That's never been done before. If I had to take a guess, and, you know, I'm just shooting this shit here. But if I had to take a guess, I would say that this smaller cage is giving an advantage to grapplers. Someone like, if you're fighting Khabib in a cage like this, how do you escape him? Right, the, the whole game plan of Khabib is just to get as close as he can to you, just to, to close the distance and get close and just get a hold of you and the fight's over. Whereas McGregor, it's a, it's a much different game, interestingly enough, right? He's trying to keep his distance, bounce in and out, try and hit you with the left hand, out of your sight, back in. 
And McGregor's really good at managing the distance in the normal cage. Now they've they've made the announcement that Fight Island, yes, Fight Island is real and it's happening. Fight Island in I think it's Abu Dhabi or or Saudi Arabia. My guess is that the cage will be the regular size because in order to lure um, strikers like a McGregor, I mean, if Dana White wants Conor McGregor to fight at UFC Fight Island, he needs to put the regular cage up because I do not see McGregor taking a fight inside a much smaller cage like that. What do you guys think of the smaller cage? Have you noticed it at all? Do you like it? Do you really dislike it? I don't know. For a fan like myself, I've I've noticed a huge difference and it's kind of come out okay, but better than I was expecting at least. And then I just wanted to take a look to wrap up the episode. Just take a look at some upcoming fights here ahead. Um, next UFC event is Volkov. Alexander Volkov is taking on um, Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades is one of the best wrestlers in the heavyweight division. Volkov, tall, long guy, able to keep his distance, uh, use his leg kicks. This is a total mismatch, right? You couldn't have two more opposite guys. Curtis Blades wants to get close to you, uses wrestling. That's what he's best at. Volkov's going to try and keep the distance. Good good jab, strong strong jab. Uh, UFC fight night in Austin. You have Dustin Poirier taking on Dan Hooker. Okay, so if you're a casual fan, listen up. Alert, alert, alert. This is a casuals fan, like, wet dream. You have Dustin Poirier, longtime UFC vet, former 145 contender, ultimately decided to go up and wait to 155 like a lot of the guys we're talking about. And at 55, he's had a ton of success. Beat Justin Gaethje. Ended up taking on Khabib. It lost to Khabib um, for the 155 title. Dustin Poirier is a legit contender in the lightweight division. Do not mistake that. And he's kind of seems to be a guy that's gotten better with time. Then you have Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's just a tough son of a bitch, man. Holy shit. This guy just eats punches, stands in the middle of the ring. Dan Hooker trains at City Kickboxing along with Israel Adesanya, Volkanovski, the 145-pound champion. These are some of the best minds in MMA right now, and they're building championship contenders and championship fighters. Hooker looked a little sloppy at times in his last two fights, just eating a lot of shots. My suspicion, my guess, would be that Poirier comes out, and he's just the sharper boxer, a little bit uh, fewer mistakes. I think Poirier's a little more savvy in the ring. They both have 20-plus wins. But Hooker just likes to eat too many shots, man, and uh, I think that's going to cost him against Poirier. We'll see what happens. And then at UFC 251, you have... Three, not one, not two, but three UFC title fights on the line, starting with Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns, which I broke down, uh, I think, two episodes ago. Now, these two guys are teammates, so I don't know how that plays a factor into things. Do they separate gyms? Um, do they know each other that that well? I mean, you would think they would. Burns looks energetic, uh, clean right now, a lot of momentum coming in. Usman just looks as good as ever. The tools seem to be really, really intact right now. Um, for a guy who's a dominant wrestler, great gas tank, his hands have been really good. Um, Burns obviously is this jujitsu wizard, but for Usman, if if he's able to stay on his feet, avoid getting 
onto his back. I don't know. I mean, Burns really impressed me, but I think I'll give the nod to Usman on this one. He just seems untouchable at 170 pounds right now, despite all the momentum that Burns has uh, coming into the fight. The second or the co-main event is uh, Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Max Holloway for the 145 pound title. It is the rematch. Holloway was just so good in the 45 division for like three straight years, double digit win streak. Tried to go up to 155 pounds, lost to Dustin Poirier. Now is coming back down to 45. He lost his title to Volkanovsky, the city kickboxing uh, trainee. I don't know how Volkanovsky did it, really. Holloway seems to be as well-rounded of a fighter as we have. Um, you're not going to outstrike him. You're not going to take him to the ground. Like For a guy as young as Max Holloway is, he's got a lot under his belt. The resume is really impressive. But Volkanovsky just had him figured out. And, and once again, the city kickboxing gym just comes in with such an amazing, well-thought-out game plan. They just outsmart the, the other opponent and... I don't even know if I can place a guess on this, but if Volkanovski once again takes care of Holloway like he did in the first fight, we've just got to give it up to City Kickboxing. This gym is as good as any gym in the world. They are as good as AKA. They're as good as um, anything going on in Florida, anything that uh, Jackson Wink or however you want to call it in New Mexico is going on. Uh, Duke Rufus in Milwaukee. City Kickboxing is I think, with a win over Holloway, the best MMA gym in the world. Then, after that, you have Peter Yan taking on Jose Aldo. Not sure how Aldo really got this opportunity, but we talked about it last week. Aljamain Sterling will be fighting the winner of this fight. Okay, So, I'm almost more excited. That feels like the title fight to me than this does. Um, Yan has had this chance and this opportunity. He deserves it. He deserves to hold the belt um, with... Uh, Henry Cejudo stepping down as your 135 champion. These two are going to go for the title, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to the Aljamain Sterling fight against my guest will be Peter Yan, although Aldo did look good in his 135 debut uh, despite losing. So those are some of the upcoming fights. I'm really excited to watch. I'll break them down more in-depth as they get closer, but just some uh, some fights to keep on the radar, keep on the calendar. But uh, yeah, we'll call that a wrap on this episode of the Bo Templin Show. Thank you for tuning in.